Something so much more. We're going to go on more teaching on tonight. Where are words to describe your greatness? What about you? It shows us through his word the way things need to be. And that's the way that we can help others when we go places and see how things are and they're not the way that God would have them to be. Tonight I want to move on with the um, congregation and talk about the role that the congregation or what the members play in the body of Christ. Um, we have went over um, the different churches, the church at Jerusalem, the church in Antioch, the church in Ephesus, and how they were set up and dealing with the apostles, laying the foundations and in each church, they had prophets, they had um, teachers, they had elders. Some were called pastors, some was called overseers, some of them was called bishops. But we know that they had um, the elders in those churches and how the apostles ordained the ones that need to be in those churches. And we learned that um, you can have more than one pastor in a church based upon the size of the church. Um, the people that are in the church. So tonight I want to talk about the congregation and see what parts the congregation play in the body of Christ. Tonight we're going to talk about what the congregation do. And if it's the Lord's will, next week we'll talk about what they do not do. Because I think there's a problem inside the churches with the congregation ruling, and that should not be how it's supposed to be according to the word. So we're going to go according to the word, not on man, but according to the word. Let's look at the definition of congregation. It is a gathering of people or people who share the same faith and who habitually attend the same church. The definition of a congregation is a gathering of people or people who share the same faith and habitually attend the same church. So what this means is, these are like members, but we called it, call them the congregation as well. We have people that attend the church, that are part of the church, that are members of the church, that have joined the church. But then also you may have other believers that come in. So when I said, when I say it's a gathering of people or people who share the same faith, it means that people that come in here and worship with us, they may not be a part of this congregation they may be a part of another but they are saved so they're coming in and believing what we believe i don't know about you y'all need that definition again if you do need it again you can go on live and get it how about it that's why we pay for live so you can go back and get it now i'm not going to be your live you see me right here but you can go back if you got a computer and take your time and repeat, repeat, repeat. Y'all thought I was going to do it again, too, didn't you? Nope, nada. That was a good one, Holy Ghost. Thank you. Can we say thank you? Thank you. Hallelujah. So 
we want to talk about the congregation and, and the do's and the don'ts dealing with the congregation, and we want to do it according to the word. So the first scripture that I want to present to you, which all of us are aware of, is Hebrews 10.25. Hebrews 10.25, and I'm reading out the Amplified. It says in Hebrews 10.25, Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. So let me read it again. Not forsaken or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as in the habit of some people. So what they're saying is, some people do not attend. They do not come together, um, gather together. Some people that are believers do not assemble together. And the word is telling us this is what we should do. We should assemble together. We should come together like a get gathering, an assembly. And we're going to talk about why we should come together. Some people think that coming um, into the house of the Lord is not important. But I beg you to differ. God has given all of us a place that we can go. And he has given us that place so we can fellowship so we can participate, so we can share in the same belief, in the things that we believe. We're coming together with the same belief. This is why we should not have people that are unequally yoked being members of this church, of this body. Why? Because if you got people that do not believe what you believe, you're going to have division in the house meaning that a divided house will not stand. And I think we talked about that before. To be a part of a church, you have to be born again. And the reason why, because you don't want to have no isms and schisms in the body of Christ. You don't want to have anybody that's not believing what you believe. So Hebrews 10.25 is say we should not forsake ourselves to come together, to assemble together. And we're going to verify this in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And this is the expanded Bible. Acts 2 verse 42 says, They spent, devoted their time learning the apostles' teaching, sharing, fellowship, breaking bread, this um, breaking bread and praying together. So they were doing what? They were not forsaking the fellowship. They were coming together. They were participating in um, doing what the word of God was telling them to do. All of them was on one accord. So I want to talk about what the congregation is supposed to do. I started off with, you know, coming together, um, you know, believing the same thing, being on one accord. And I gave you two scriptures to back that up. So let's talk about when we come together, what do we do? We talked about fellowship. We talked about participation. As you notice, when we come into the house of God, we do have Sunday school. We do have teachers, but I'm going to get to that. But I'm going to start off with thanksgiving, praise, and worship. So when we come in here and we assemble together, you will hear Judah making a joyful noise unto the Lord. So all of us is participating in um, singing before the Lord. We're um, participating in exalting him and lifting him up according to the word. Because in Psalms 104 it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. So when we come in here together in fellowship, all of us are participating in lifting up the name of Jesus. We're blessing his name. We're thankful for what he has done. We're thankful and we're praising him 
for what he has done. And, you know, we go into worship. We go into intimacy with him because of who God is. So we come in here for praise, thanksgiving, praise, and worship. All of us are on one accord with that. We need that. All of us need to be lifting up the name of Jesus. And that's what the assembly do. That's what the congregation does. This is what members do. So if you hear me say congregation is members, we all come here, assembled together, participating in the same thing. The next thing is we have teaching that goes on. We have teaching, doing um, Sunday school. You're being taught, you know, from the word of God. So we, we come together to be taught. And some people use that verse of scripture saying that they don't need nobody to teach them because the Holy Spirit teach them all things. That is true. But God has um, ordained, he has appointed the fivefold, the gifts to teach people, you know, the right way, his way of doing things. So when we assemble together, you are taught. The scripture for that is Galatians 6, 6. And it says, expanded Bible. Anyone who is learning the teaching of God, being instructed in the word, should share all the good things he has with his teacher. So we're being taught when we come into the house of God. God wants us to be taught. Why? Because he wants all of us on one accord. He don't want uh, one set of people getting taught one thing and one set of people getting taught another. We come in here together to fellowship, to be taught. All of us are participating in the praise, the worship, the thanksgiving, and the teaching. The next thing is communion. I know y'all familiar with communion, and the scripture on that is Matthew 26, 26 through 29. So when we come in here as a congregation, we do communion. And when we do communion, we are reminding ourselves of what Jesus has already done for us. Communion is not the time for us to um, take the bread because we're hungry or drink the juice because we're thirsty. We take that communion because we're reminded of his death, burial, and resurrection. We do not take that communion unworthy. We do not have unbelievers uh, participating in that if they do not know Jesus Christ and they just taking it because everybody else is taking it. They're taking it unworthy. So we as believers should come together in communion, helping us, reminding us of what Jesus Christ have done for us. So it's three things I have talked about dealing with the congregation, what they do. They come together to fellowship for Thanksgiving, praise and worship. They come together to be taught. They come together for communion. That's three things. The scriptures I gave for thanksgiving, praise, and worship was Psalms 100, verse 4. The teaching, Galatians 6, verse 6. Communion, Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29. So these are the three things that we come together for, and I got more. The fourth thing that we come together as a congregation to do is to receive new members. And that's the thing that um, we're going to start back doing. We're going to have those um, membership classes. Um, that's in Acts 247. And the Lord gave me that one. In 247, we went over this several times. When Peter had um, preached the good news, the gospel, and people um, turned unto the Lord. This said that in verse 47, they praised God. And were liked by all the people every day the Lord added those who were being saved to the group of believers. So they had a group of believers. 
that the Lord added to them. Each time the gospel was preached, they was added to that group. So everybody was familiar with the believers. So we need to become familiar as a congregation for those that are around us that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and that have become a part of this body of Christ. So we receive, the congregation receives new members. Number five, handling disagreements. This is what we do as a congregation. We, when we come in and fellowship together, we handle disagreements. It's not for the pastor just to handle disagreements. The pastor um, teaches how we should handle discord, how we should handle um, when we are offended with one another. The Bible tells us what the congregation is supposed to do. Guess what, y'all? You do not get taught just to sit here and do nothing. When something is going on amongst you, when you're taught how to handle what's going on, this is what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to read this one. Matthew 18, 15 through 17 says, Matthew 18, 15 through 17 says, If your fellow believer, that's your brother or sister, sins against you, go and tell him what he did wrong. Let me read that again. We might need to stay right there. If your fellow believer, brother or sister, sins against you, go and tell him what he did wrong. And it says, in private. Let's stop right there. This is what members are supposed to do. This is what the congregation is supposed to do. If Toria was done wrong by Monica... Her sister, her real sister. Then Toya would go to Monica. She wouldn't go to, um, I'm looking right at you, Sister Loretta. She would go to the one that done her wrong. She would go to that person privately. So if she do go to Sister Loretta, what are you going to say, Sister Loretta? She's going to tell her, do I look like Monica? My name is Sister Loretta. You don't have the problem with me. You have a problem. Cut off the conversation. Some of us want to find out what somebody did wrong first. Then we want to send them to that person. Haven't we done it? Well, what seems to be the problem? Now, you know you need to go to them. But what seems to be the problem? What did they do? So well, what seems? But you need to go to them. We up all in their business, right? But I'm going to tell you what the Bible says again. If your fellow believer, brother or sister, sins against you, go and tell him what he did wrong in private. Miracle Temple, we have a problem with this one. Some people don't want to go to people because they don't know how those people are going to take them. Some people don't want to go to people because they said, I'm tired of dealing with them. Some people don't want to go to people because they say they won't like me no more. You haven't grown up yet. You have not become mature in the things of God because there's no way that this verse is continually repeated over and over again. And you know what they've done wrong. And I'll tell you what some people do. Some people will say, now look at that. There they go again. That's the second time they done done that. <laughs> Looked like they would have learned from the first time. Duh! Did 
did you go to them the first time? Now you're talking about them. You just as guilty. Now, now why they do that foolishness? Ain't nothing but foolishness. Ain't nothing but a bunch of monkey business. <laughs> talking about them. They get, should have most sin. Now, now how, old, how old are they? Come on. But the Bible plainly tells you. And guess what, y'all? When we don't do what the Bible tells us to do, we are in rebellion. And rebellion comes in the house because we're not doing what we're supposed to do as a congregation. But see, the congregation don't want to do those things. The congregation want to teach somebody what to do, but the congregation is not doing it. Well, I ain't going to get no witness, so I keep on. So then we go on, and it says, if he listens to you, you have helped that person to be your brother or sister again. Wait a minute. He's only my brother and sister when he listened. Wow. That's deep, isn't it? So if he don't listen to you, then evidently something is wrong with that picture because all of us are supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't supposed to get offended when a brother or sister come to us and tell us something. If we get offended, then there's some pride there. There's something there. Because we're supposed to say, you know what, thank you for that. I did not recognize that. I am so sorry. I will take care of that. We're helpers of one another, y'all. We don't supposed to let somebody fall in the ditch, and then when they fall in the ditch, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't tell you. Hey, they're in the ditch now. We got some problems, right? And then it goes on to say, but if he refuses to listen, go to him again and take one or two people with you. Every case, matter charge may be proved by the testimony of the mouth of two or three witnesses. So if you go to your brother or sister in private and that brother or sister don't want to listen, you're not finished yet. Because you know what some of us say when we go to them don't want to listen, let them go straight to hell then. <laughs> I done went to them. The blood is off my hand. They wouldn't listen. So just let them fall in the ditch. That's not what the Bible says. Or we'll say this. We'll say, well, I went to them. I'm just going to go pray a little bit more before I go again. I might go again. Then again, I might not, y'all. I just wait on the Lord. It's been 20 years. And you don't build up more animosity with that person because you refuse to go to that person. So if you went to them and they will not accept you, the Bible say you take two or three witnesses with you. Did not the Bible say that? So how in the world, y'all, can we say we being obedient in this area and can't be obedient in this area? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Because if you doing like the word of God told you to do, then guess what? It's no longer on you. If you taking two or three witnesses with you and, and the Bible said that you doing it like it's supposed to and that brother still won't receive you and you doing it according to the word, the next step is... If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. Who is the church? All of us. That's when the congregation come together in a meeting. You standing before the whole church now. Because you didn't want to go in private. You went in private. They didn't want to listen. You took two or three witnesses. They didn't want to listen. So the next time they show up in church. Boom, bam. Every 
everybody in it now. Because a little leaven. So we want to clear out that what? Leaven. So it says here, and some people say, now why would somebody do that? Because the word says so. And then it says, if he refused to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, then treat him like a person who does not believe in God, a pagan, a Gentile, or like a tax collector. Mm. You treat him like a non-believer, because guess what? If he was a believer, he would have fell in between one, two, and three, wouldn't he? So if he refuses to do that, guess what? Y'all, he ain't got a right to be amongst us because he's going to cause trouble within the body of Christ. Y'all haven't seen it? You'll have a person that will go to everybody except who they need to go to. And then when they stir up something within the church, get the church mad at each other. See, the devil done done what he need to do. I was watching this movie last night, and it was a pastor who took on a church that he really didn't want to take on, but he took on the church. He had another opportunity somewhere else. But how many know you always have somebody in a church that want to control everything and everybody? This woman, when the pastor moved in, she bought them food, stood at their door, and said, let me in. So they let her in. She said, let's go to the table and sit down. She already knew where the table was and everything because the other pastor had the house. She sat at the table, told them everything from A to Z about everybody she wanted to tell them about, telling the pastor, this is what you need to do. So from day one, the pastor had a problem with this lady. It got so bad because the pastor would not sit this lady down. She divided the church. She told the deacon, you need to take over the church. You need to take his position, and he need to be the assistant pastor. The deacon said no. So that line devil went and told the pastor that the deacon wanted his position. And the pastor got mad at the deacon, and they wouldn't speak to each other because of that line devil. So she just messed up the whole church. Someone was having church elsewhere. The um, pastor's family was messed up because he was dealing with this devil in the church and trying to keep his family all cool and everything. Long story short, a little leaven. And then, y'all, the church was telling him, go ahead and agree with her so we can come together. Let her have her way. Don't you see? This is what's wrong with the churches because they're listening to the wrong one in the church. And that's what the enemy want. I got news for y'all. It's a devil in every church. Two or three of them. You haven't met them yet. Guess what? Through these teaching, you're going to meet them. Because stuff getting ready to pop up and pop out. Y'all don't know. Come on, because God is not going to let it hide. Because the light is going to expose the darkness. So everything you even think about, hey, that thinking is going to come to light because the light is going to shine right on that darkness. Because when that person is trying to hurt the church or if they're coming against me, they already come against God. So this is why we need to understand how things supposed to be in the house of God. So when things are not right, you know what you have a right to do and not to do. You know what's your place and what is not your place. And some people don't really know their place because sometimes when we've been in tradition so long, we do it like man do it instead of doing it the way the word of God tell us to do it. This is why deacons are running the pastors because they don't know their place. 
Because men have given the deacon the right to hire and fire the pastor. There's no way in the word that, that a deacon can fire a pastor. It's no way in the word that people can vote people in and vote them out. But I'm going to show you a scripture that they try to use to say, we're going to use that one. Nah. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Thank God none of y'all voted me nowhere. Hallelujah. I come straight from him. Hallelujah. Praise him. Didn't need one vote. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is so good because he know how to raise you up. And when he raised you up right well, you don't wait on nobody to make a decision because the decision has already been made. And you don't get mad when somebody try to do something outside of what God told you. You just love them even the more, but you shut them up real quick. Because I have learned whatever God tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. If people don't like it, that's on them people. I got to please God and not man. Remember one lady, I had her over there in that administrative building and God showed me the colors he wanted, what everything he wanted. He showed me who he wanted to do it and everything. Walked over there in that administrative building. I looked up, I say, what happened? Well, so-and-so, so-and-so told me, don't put that up. I said, excuse me, you ain't got no right listening to so-and-so and so-and-so. You put up what you was directed to put up. So-and-so ain't got no right to tell you what to put up in here. And she took it down. I spoke truth in love, y'all, but I used a little bit of authority. Then so-and-so and so-and-so come in here and say, you need to do so-and-so and so-and-so. I say, when the Lord gives you a church, then you do what you want to do. But as for me, I'm going to do what he told me to do. I ain't heard nothing else. See, the problem with congregation is people don't want to mess with certain people. But when you mess with me, you mess with the word. And the word end up bowing up in me boldly. And I end up telling you exactly how, if you hit them right the first time, they're going to know how to come at you the second time. But if you ain't hitting them right and you're just beating around the bush and stuttering, like you can't talk, you get ready to lie already. <laughs> just, just spit it out. <laughs> just do what God tells you to do and he's going to be your protector. Who is man that you should be mindful of him? Because we're going to do it God's way. Amen? Amen. There's no other way but his way. That's the only way it's going to work. Every other opinion don't count except God's opinion. So this is why you have to know what the word is saying. So when I come forth with something, you can be in agreement with me because you know the word. And if I come forth with something you don't know the word, you should know the God in me. Hello, somebody. When you don't really know God, you're going to come against who God put in place. Because you think, well, I would have did it this way. And you know what your answer should be, congregation? You ain't the pastor. Shut them up. But no, people don't want to shut people up. They keep on letting people talk because we love gossip. Can somebody define gossip for me right quick on your phone? Gossip. Tell bearer. Revealer of secrets. What else is it? Is there another meaning for that? Spreader of lies. lies. Blabbermouths. Look at her. She done went deep. Break it down, Tiffany. 
What? Break that on down some more. Lose speak. That means that you act like you ain't listening, but she is. Involving details not confirmed is what? Y'all, let's just scratch out right here. All of us, let's just come right here because all of us have been involved in it. Thank God for the blood. Aren't y'all thankful for the blood? Because all of us have a little bit of gossip in us, even me. Sometimes you catch yourself running. Oh, Jesus. I done got caught up in that mess. Jesus. Y'all ain't never did that. I have. I have. And I can say it freely. You know why? Because I have a loving father who loves me. And the Holy Spirit who protects me and says, shh, okay. Apologize for what you said. That was not right. You don't know nothing about that. I remember somebody just a few days ago, they had told me and my husband some information. It sounded like it was true. But I didn't part my lips. Didn't say nothing. A few days later, we found out it was a lie. Said somebody wasn't working. And why they wasn't working? We didn't say nothing. Because I said, I ain't saying nothing. Because it could be a lie. You ain't put me in that. Next thing I turn around and send a picture of them at work. (laughs) You better know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Because it's the truth, ain't it, Brother Willie? (laughs) Where you get that from, Willie? (laughs) Y'all, that wasn't Brother Willie. (laughs) I mess with Willie like that. See, y'all will go out and say, mm-hmm. Brother Willie told Pastor something and she didn't tell it. It was not Willie. He's here today to defend defend himself. So handling disagreements. We're supposed to know how to handle those disagreements. And guess what, y'all? Here go another disagreement. This is when a brother sins against you. This is the first one. But there's another one in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, where the son was going with the daddy's wife. And the congregation knew about this. And they was boasting on it in that church. They act like it was a big thing. Let me tell you how you boast and don't realize that you boast. That's in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Let me tell you how you boast and don't realize you're boasting. I'm going to use Toya because Toya don't get offended. She just laughs her way through it. Toya find out that somebody's cheating on somebody's husband. Toya go tell Monica, child, did you hear about Deacon so-and-so? They da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Then Monica go tell Loretta, you ain't hear this from me. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. Deacon so-and-so up there taking this stuff and doing all this, but he is sleeping with the pastor's wife. What, girl? Don't worry, girl. I ain't going to say nothing. Next Sunday, says Loretta, look at Renee. Renee, 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 Renee. That's why he can't pay his money. (laughs) He out there messing around. That's why he can't pay his money and he's a deacon. That's boasting. Instead of Toya, the one that heard it, going to the brother, hello somebody, and saying, you don't want your good 
to be evil spoken of. She went to Monica. Monica went to somebody else. Everybody boasting in church like it's a big thing, right? But Paul said, I like this part. The fourth and fifth verse in the Amplified, the same chapter. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, on the man who have committed such a deed, when you and my own spirit are met together with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means when we're gathered together. The congregation is coming together. He said, you are to deliver this man over to Satan for, for physical discipline to destroy carnal lust, which prompted him to incest, and his spirit may yet be saved in the day of, of Jesus. What, he, what Paul is saying here is, instead of the church boasting and bragging, the church should have been against what was going on, and by them not saying anything, they were going with what was being done like nothing was wrong. But Paul is telling them, this is what you got to do. Since this man is being free to do this and is not bothered by this, turn him over to Satan. That means cut him off from praying for him. Cut off your association with him. When you do all of that, that gives Satan an opportunity to come in there and beat him up and torment him so that he's saying, I need help. How can somebody say they need help when the congregation is helping them do what they do and act like it's not a crime? How can y'all sit in here if you got a brother or sister that's fornicating? You know that they're fornicating. You hearing that they're fornicating and you saying, well, that's them. That's your brother or sister. You're supposed to pull them aside and say, I'm going to tell you what's been coming to my ear. And you're supposed to give them the word. Is that true or what? What's the point of talking about them and not helping them? That means you're saying, brother, sister, what you're doing is okay. No, just let the pastor handle it. Let her, let her get cursed out. <laughs> I'm used to getting cursed out. It don't bother me. But if you want to do something, see, this is what the congregation is supposed to do, and they're not doing, but they want to do everything else. But they don't want to do what the word is telling them to do. I want a title, but you don't want to go to your brother and sister and say, I'm, I need to speak to you a minute. Because guess what? I got something to tell y'all. You held accountable too. Because if you know what your brother and sister is doing, and you're not confronting them on what they're doing, you're just as bad as your brother and sister. That, that ain't love. That's not God's love. God's love would confront a brother or sister. <laughs> I hear nay in my ear. Not past, not past. Not past, you know how them people is past. I'm going to do the best I can, past. I tell them past. That's all I can do now is just tell them past. And once I done told them past, if they want to go to hell, let them go to hell, past. <laughs> That's just Nay. I didn't, all right, Nay, you done done your part, baby. You done done your part. You don't have to do nothing. I just been nice as I could, past. As nice as I could now. I'm just tired of this mess, past. I'm just tired. <laughs> I don't know why they always bring this mess to me, Pastor. Every time I turn around, Pastor. <laughs> I'm playing with Renee, but then I go to Renee. And I ain't in it. I ain't in it. Pastor, I ain't in it. In what, Nay? Oh, okay, okay. You in it. <laughs> I can mess with Nay like that. She ain't going to get offended. But is that not what the church do? People are so guarded. <laughs> 
with what they're hiding. Soon as you go ask them a question, I didn't do it. I don't know nothing about that. What you don't know nothing about, Jennifer? <laughs> mm-hmm. Guilty as charged. Because you've been holding it in so long that you can't take it no more. So now you're ready to spill the beans and you're apologizing to everybody. Hmm. So we learned five things tonight, right? Let's do a number six because I got ten. Number six, coming together for the needs of the church. Ooh. Do you know that's what the congregation is supposed to do? Come together for the needs of the church. Whatever the church is in the need of, the congregation is supposed to be a part of that. That is in Acts 4, 32 through 35. And it reads the expanded version. Acts 4, 32 through 35. The group of believers were united in their hearts and spirit. One heart, one mind, one soul. All those in the group acted as though their private property belonged to everyone in the group. Who in the world put that in that word? (laughs) It was the Holy Spirit now. But some of y'all probably, let me tell you, the reason why I read this out of Amplified, some of y'all might have King James, and let me read King James for you. It said about the same thing, but some people don't believe it. Because what belonged to me and mine, it ain't yours. It's God's. King James says, I'm going to read it out, King James. And that was verse 32 says, And the multitude of them that believed were one heart and a one soul. Neither said any of them that ought. Maybe that ought is getting you. Y'all don't understand the ought, do you? Neither said any of them that ought of the things. That's what's getting you. See, in the the expanded it said, (laughs) the group of believers were united. Y'all understand that part? Wait a minute. No, you don't. The group of believers, you don't understand what united means. In heart and spirit, one heart, (laughs) one mind and soul, all those in the group acted as though their private property belonged to everyone in the group. No one said any of their possessions were their own. I broke it down a little bit more. In fact, they shared everything. Now, let me break that down. Ain't going to be no husband and wife sharing, boyfriend and girlfriend sharing up in here. I'm breaking it down because some people say, well, Pastor, you said that I could share that woman's husband. The devil is a lie. <laughs> or, everything, or everything was held in common. Now, some people doing that mess. So listen at this. this is, did y'all hear what the word says? The private property. That means property that you are not paying anything. It's yours. Ain't nothing, no lane, no nothing on it. It's yours. It said what they did, what did they do? They said, what I have don't only belong to me. It belonged to believers. Y'all want me to finish? Then it says, 33, with great power, the apostles were telling people, gave testimony and witness that the Lord Jesus was truly raised from the dead and God blessed all the believers very much. Now, 34, there were no needy people. Oh, wow. Among them. Because from time to time, it said from time to time, it didn't say all the time, don't get afraid. From time to time, those who own fields 
or houses, sold them, bought the money from the sale and gave it to, laid it at the feet of the apostles. Then the money was given, distributed to anyone who needed it. That's what the congregation is supposed to do. Did anybody ever read that? The problem with congregation is what belongs to me belongs to me. It do not belong to apostle. It do not belong to nobody in that church. Let them work as hard as I work. Let them get their own. They're not getting what I got, and they don't have to worry about me getting what they got. That's how I feel. That's not what the word says. The word says that they were so much on one accord, and I believe their hearts were touched by God himself through the Holy Spirit, saying, there is a need. Take what you have. Turn it over so these needs can get met amongst the people. That's what's supposed to happen. Because they were one. They go to verse. They were united. They had one heart, one soul, one mind. All of them were together. They believed the same thing. They were taught the same thing. Go back to Acts chapter 3. Was it 2? 2. When they, they was breaking bread. They were fellowshipping. They were in prayer. And they said that they had everything in common, did they not? And they were helping everybody that was in need. The church is lacking in that area because it takes money to do what's needed. So when the congregation come together, when there is a need, we supposed to work together to meet that need. Hey, Tiffany might have a dollar, but Tiffany say, I'm willing to give that dollar to meet that need. Kevin may have 50 cents. Kevin say, I'm willing to give 50 cents to meet that need. Julia may have a thousand. She says, shoot, take my thousand. I'm going to meet that need. Quanah say, Shoot, I got uh, 3000 Take the 3000 I want to meet that need. Somebody else may say, you know what? How much is the whole need? Well, the whole need is $9,000. Take the 9000 And whatever is left over, give it to who need it. Because everybody can participate. It don't mean that everybody have to give the same thing because everybody is not in the same situation. Some people don't have land. Some people don't have houses they can sell or cars they can sell. They may have a boat. They may have other things. But they're willing to give from what they have. You got to have a willing heart. The willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land. How do your heart get like that? Because you have the heart of God. When somebody come and say there's a need, you should not shut up your bowels of compassion against that need because you got something to do. You should hear the spirit of the Lord. If he's saying give what you have, evidently he's going to meet that need that you in need of. It should not be that way. But this is how it is in the body of Christ. We choose what we want to do. Hmm. That was number six. Let's go to number seven. I better not give y'all all this tonight. Is that too much? Because when y'all get ready to have this test, do y'all want all of it now or you want me to split it? Y'all want to chew on six of them? Okay, better yet, I'll let you chew on the first five and leave number six alone. I'll bring back number six with the other four. How about that? We'll go over the rest next Tuesday. Because I want to make sure that everybody understands this well. Because if all of us get understanding well when somebody is complaining to you about what Miracle Temple is doing, you can shoot them with the word. You can tell them what the words say. 
And that's the end of that. We don't have to do nothing but say what the word is saying. And I and y'all, I have learned this one, dealing with number six. You have some churches that are not even united. That can't stand each other. And got the biggest building fund you ever seen. I'm not going to lie. Y'all, something is crooked. Something is backwards. Something is wrong, Sonia. Well, there's dudes up in here too, Sonia, you know. Right. And I understand what you're saying. Um, come on up, Teresa. No, you got to come up. You got to come up because everybody got to hear what you got to say. Come on up and get in the mic. Sonia, do you want to come up? You come back. Come up, Sonia, because we want to hear this. We're doing this. You already heard because you on, you on camera. Tell me why y'all laughing. But we want, this is not trying to knock nobody, but we getting an understanding of what's really going on with the churches and why things are the way they are. And that's not how they're supposed to be. This is why you're getting taught. Go ahead. Tina. All I was going to say was, um, uh, like um, Sister Sonia was saying, and also in other churches, it's competition where they're competing against one another. Mm-hmm. So this one is trying to outdo Thank you. I explained that to somebody too. God don't miss a beat. Son. A lot of times people in other churches, they don't pay tithes. And a lot of times they do stuff to be seen because a lot of churches are about uh, sister so-and-so or brother such-and-such. And because I, I did this, I did that, and I had to be seen, and I, had, I did this, and I, I built that church, and my granddaddy built that church, and this is my grandma's church. But Miracle Temple is about God. Okay, anybody else? Come on up, Tiffany. Come up, Tiffany. Is there somebody else want to come after Tiffany? You want to come, Sister Nene? Yeah, I did. I did. I did say you. I did say you. Um, and I'm not knocking any other church or any right. other denomination. And we're either, not doing that. But uh, you know, just based off my experience, um, you know, just certain denominations, like she said, uh, like she taught us, you know, they have their their own way of running things and, and doing that. Like she said, you know, when we're learning the difference between the bishop and, you know, you have all these extra conferences and conventions and other buildings and just a whole lot of things that you're supporting, you know. Um, so not only are you, you may be paying tithes, but not only are you, I don't want to say pressured to pay a certain, you know, tithes, but you're also or advised to support all these other initiatives. And it, I just feel like that kind of gets in the way. But in supporting all these other things, are they getting the job done? Yes. Don't they get the job? Come on up, Sister Nish. You, you, you so on fire back there. You don't know what to do. Come on. But the reason why we're, we're doing this is to let you know what, what I went over is the way it's supposed to be. Nobody have to pressure you to do anything when you're doing it according to the word of God. You shouldn't even have feel obligated. 
You should be doing it so much from the heart because nobody should tell you how much to give. It just comes from the heart. That's what I'm saying. Everybody have the right to say whatever they want to say, okay? I ain't trying to say nothing wrong for nobody, but the way I feel about that, those people at those churches, they might be giving for the wrong reason or they might be doing, but whatever they do, they can be mad with one another, but they come together to get them what the church needs to meet the needs of the church. That's the way I feel about it. I mean, you know, they might not pay tithes. They might not do this. They might not do that. But if that church has a need, they fulfill it. So that's one good thing about them. You know, they get what they need. So that's the way I feel and about it. That's what you call unified. And she's right. That's where I started off in the beginning. I said they may have all their problems, whether it's competition, whether it's this, that, or the other. But when they want to put up a building, you see that building. They get it done for whatever reasons. They get it done. But when you have a congregation that's taught the way of God, it should be bigger and better than the way it's done the wrong way. Because it's a heart thing, y'all. It's all about the heart. And wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. For example, I remember Julia told me a church she used to go to if I'm wrong for Julia. Uh-oh, she done put Julia up in it. Hey, hey, let, let Julia tell it. Here, Julia. You better leave it alone until she remember it. Okay, end of that. End of that. I think Sister Niece was using it for an example. To let, this is the thing. Anything that you come together in unity to do, it will get done. If that's, Brother Willie, you got to come get this mic, though. Come on. No, you know you're not. Take him the mic, Jennifer, please. What's your name? Now, I just want to say, and I don't want to call the pastor's name. From, no, don't do that. Yeah, but the church is from Wallace, is in Wallace where I live at. But I'm not. Baby, you told me. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying I'm not calling the name though. Yeah. We're having some technical difficulty right now. Huh? Yeah. I ain't even gonna call the church name. I'm just it's in Wallace. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, brother. It's in Wallace. And all of his the members that he got. You remember when the the, uh, the little small golden city city? I don't remember that. You. You remember go to city the the old one we used to go to how small it was. Yeah. He used to bring his members in there. All his wow. members came in Golden City and ate you know ate with them just about every Sunday. Now they bought a big building in Wallace. Got a nice church in Wallace with a handful of members right there in Wallace. They worked together mm -hmm. and they got it done. Yep. Anything that you do 
and you're unified. And I'm, I'm going to share this and we're going to close. And, and TV laying out there, live out there, this is just how Miracle Temple is again. We're not putting nobody down. We're not talking about anybody. We're just using examples. So do not go look for no church in Wallace or nowhere else. Because <laughs> we're not about that. But I want to say, we had went somewhere years ago, and uh, it was for our pastor's uh, anniversary. And we were invited to come and share in that service. So all of us went, and when we went, and they had... Um, given their pastor the gift that they had for her for that anniversary. They had collected 8000 You remember that, Jennifer? Collected $8,000 for her for her anniversary. So Miracle Temple looked so disappointed. I'll never forget it. Some people from Miracle Temple was coming to me, and they said, we feel really bad because look at all that they've done for her. But people missed the point. Their heart was so much in it for their pastor that this is how they said they did it. They said they went and got stuff on their own, and they sold nabs. They just planned out up to that day because they loved that pastor so much that they wanted to give her the very best. So they took from themselves, and they gave it to her, and that's how they did it. So what what I'm telling you, it's a heart thing. Whatever you do, and you do it from the heart, like loving my husband, I tell him, And the way he loved me, I said, I don't look for flowers. I don't look for things like that. It's the little things that he does that mean more to me than a flower. If I'm laying in the bed and he know what I love to eat and he put it before me, thank you, honey, you know me. Or he doing little special gestures that mean more to me than getting a pocketbook sometime. Yes, y'all, it does. It really does because those things count forever. So it's a hard thing, y'all, and this is where Miracle Temple is. This is why I say do it from your heart. And when you do it from your heart, you ain't worrying about what people say or how people say it because it's coming from the heart. And if it's not coming from your heart, it's best not to do it at all because you're not getting rewarded for it. Don't do it because somebody else is doing it to say, I did something. Do it because it's coming from the heart. Don't do it. Um, don't do not do it because you looking at a person to say they don't need that. You can't do it that way either. You have to be obedient to what God is telling you. Y'all, these teachings, if you have not caught on yet, and when I'm not teaching this to get you to do nothing for me, because if you never do anything for me, I'm going to still do what I have to do regardless. But I'm saying we have to line up with what the word of God is telling us to do. When you're not lining up with the word, you are in rebellion. When you take rebellion in your house, everything in your house begin to crumble because you did not honor what God is telling you to honor. You cannot say you love God and not following what God is telling you to do. That's just point blank. And some people think because I pay my tithes, that's all I need to do. But whatever is needed in that church, and you are part of that church, if the Lord touched your heart, that's what you're supposed to do. Because everybody pay dues, just like Sonia said, dues. That's right. And dues don't cut it sometimes. Because one, one week you might have a good one, the next week you might not. So you got to catch up. You got to catch up. So it's not always the way it appeared to be. When you just look at you, that's called selfishness. Because everybody need help from somebody. If me and my husband were selfish, 
Lord Jesus, I'm going to tell y'all something right now. We were on the fleet of cars. We were on furniture. We were, I mean, we would have all of this stuff stacked up and stored up for us in buildings, ready to get rid of it and sell, but we don't do it like that. Whatever I get, and I know somebody need it, I turn it over because that's the God in me. It's not about me. It's about him. And as I do, the body's supposed to follow. So we'll start again next Tuesday with the Lord's help, with the Holy Spirit's help. Is there anything else somebody want to add to that before we close? Yes, Jennifer. Hold up one minute. Give her the mic. Oh, it's a personal question. So one year for your appreciation, um, I was running low. You can not. Okay. Cut that off, child. You just talk to me about that. There ain't nobody else business but how. That's between you and God. Whatever you decide to do that's on your heart to do, that's between you and God. That ain't, that's, no, you don't have to tell me anything. Whatever is on your heart to do. See, what I did when God gave me a church and he told me to trust him for what I need. Sometimes you have not because you ask not. We went out and used a little bit of money we had, cooked chicken, and God didn't tell me to cook that chicken. Now, if God told me to fry up all the chicken in the world, he got some people that's going to eat it. He got somebody that's going to pay for the chicken that the money don't have to come out of my pocket. And I can just go ahead and fry it up, but he didn't tell me to do that. And guess what? The next storm that came took the little stuff we had bought and had nothing. So see, whatever God tell you to do, you do it because you're doing it from your heart. And if you're doing it from your heart, it is not going to fail. Whatever he tell you to do, do it. Now don't stand on no corner. I'm just playing with y'all. I'm just playing. So anyone else? Okay. We good. Do we have any more?